This is the Roar and Peace Project coming to you from Studio 3 at the Third Space on Campus Corner. I'm Kate Bierman, mom to Ellie, 22 months, and five rescue animals, political scientist, policy wonk, and co-owner of four businesses with my fellow co-host, Sarita Wilson. And I am Sarita Wilson. I am almost 50 years old, uh, birther of four businesses, mother of two grown children, five rescue animals, and one errant husband. Okay, well, I guess today we're going to talk about um, what strategic planning means to us. It's the end of the year, and it's a good time to reflect back on the year that was and focus on the next year. And I don't think there's any better time to do strategic planning than at the end of a year. So here we are. So the year that was, oh my goodness, we had a big year in our world. We bought a business that we didn't intend to buy. As we started 2019, we didn't say, hey, we're going to buy a business and do all the stuff. We knew that in the early 2019 that Rob and I would sell our farm. That was something we had meant to do. Uh, we didn't know it would sell in 10 days and that we would be then scrambling to find a place for our coffee roaster to be. Nor did we know that as we built out that space we would be offered the opportunity to buy Cool Beans, the drive through kiosk. And all of that was good, but it is a lot to already have two businesses on your plate, a nonprofit and moving, period, and moving a roaster and creating a new roaster space and then buying a business. And so I feel like we pretty much survived this year by hanging on real tight. And frankly, though, I will say... If I could have done it all over again, I would have done it 85% the same way. Same. <laughs> um, I don't regret buying the business. Nope. I don't regret the location that we chose um, and built out for Yellow Dog. There are little things that I think we could have recognized earlier and put systems in place maybe a little bit earlier to make this busy year a little less crazy. But I feel like we made the right moves for the right reason. And so now I think it's just going to be okay. Well, 2019 was different than we thought it would be at the beginning of the year. And so how do we take that and turn all these three companies into the best that they can be in 2020? Well, and I think that our 2019 was a, a mashup of gut instinct and back of the napkin planning and things that make us great entrepreneurs, but we want to be great CEOs. And that's this is not sustainable. And this we know is not that. sustainable. So um, we, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about what we want to do and and how we want to get there. And we decided that next year, 2020, is going to have a strategic plan, which means what does that mean? It means budget. Like we need to budget our money. I've always predicted our money, but I've never said. Let's cap it at this because this is the appropriate level. Um, so budgeting, um, setting goals, and then doing some research into industry standards so that we know that we don't have to reinvent the wheel every time and and that we can use other people's research at times. Well, well. And, and to know what goals to set and whether or not those are appropriate goals, to know what budgets to set and whether or not those are appropriate budgets, looking to some industry standards for that, particularly in terms of payroll. Mm -hmm. In a service industry, what is considered to be an appropriate percentage of your revenue going towards payroll? 
because we could set a payroll number, but we would have no idea whether or not that was accurate or possible. <laughs> or mm-hmm. so having having some sense of kind of what the industry standard is lets us know that, OK, well, if the typical industry standard for payroll is 20 to 40 percent of revenue, then where do we fall in that? And do we feel like we should be at the top end of that because we're a little bit different than maybe just your average restaurant? Or do we need to be at the lower end of that? And I think that's always going to be subjective. But if we have a guideline, then we can we can figure out where we want to be and what's comfortable for us. The past 10 years have been all gut. And I do the math and the numbers and I, I said and I think about what what do we want to do and obviously how much money do we have and how much can we spend. But I, I've never started a year where I said in 2020 we're going to stay at – 35% of our top line revenue. And so I don't even know if that's sustainable, if that's something is doable. Like you said, did a little bit of research. I found out that 20 to 40% and is the norm in just the difference between retail and service industries is where you get the big gap. And then, so I thought, what did we do last year? So we're a few weeks away from the end of the year. It's, we're able to kind of cobble together the numbers what was the revenue? Kind of have a good feel for, you know, two more weeks. I pretty much know what we're going to land on revenue. And uh, also, I pretty much know what our total for payroll is going to be. And so I did the numbers and it was 39%. That was weirdly liberating because I thought, oh, just on gut instinct, I've fell within the normal range of the industry. And I think that some of the systems we've put in place this year will help us achieve that New Year's resolution next year. Having the payroll tracker that we now have will allow us to figure out, okay, well, if we if we put the responsibility on our leadership team or on our on our leads to start trimming payroll where they can, sending people home early instead of having three people clean something that one person could clean, you know, be mindful of those things. And we're going to be able to set ourselves on a path to success. And the same with the budget. Now that we're you know working with a new accountant who is pushing us to be more detail-oriented in categorizing our expenses, it will help us better understand what we've spent and how close to our goal budget for those expenses we're getting. And up until then, we've had much broader numbers, but it's going to be nice to be able to see the result of our hard work in putting these systems in place to help us with our strategic planning. Absolutely. And anecdotally, I can kind of tell you what the big those big ticket items are, which is, you know, rent, labor, debt payments. Um, those are kind of in our in, in the dog industry. Anyways, those utilities. are <laughs> utilities. Those are the things that we spend a lot of our time and our resources on. So how do we make that different? So what are the things that are barriers to cheaper labor? What, what do we do? And, and one of the things that we just recently identified is training. If we train our people better, I think we will reduce turnover, reduce the amount of time it takes for them to become productive members of the team. And therefore, we can either pay people more or have less people on, you know, kind of a combination of both of those things, paying people more and using less people to cover the same things. Right, because the people that we have are Are better trained and are more effective. And if we can Mm -hmm. do more with less, it reduces that payroll number, 
while still us compensating the employees we do have as well as we possibly can. And ethically, we want to pay people as much as we possibly can. So that's the other thing. I don't want to ever get to the end of a year and be like, oh, I sat on a big pile of money all year long and I was doing great, but my employees suffered. They couldn't eat or couldn't, you know, do regular quality of life things. So we want to be very strategic in uh, labor costs. And training is probably the number one thing, uh, getting the quality people in the door. But I think that goes back to training and it also goes back to paying appropriately. And also recognizing as early as we possibly can when someone isn't a good fit. And I think that starting that training, that in-depth training as Mm -hmm. fast as we possibly can and not put too long of a runway on it will help determine that. Because the time we spend training someone, that's two people basically doing the task of one Mm -hmm. because neither person is being fully effective because one is doing training instead of doing the work, which we want them to be training. But the other person is still new enough that they're not really being as effective as one full employee. And if we don't have benchmarks, if there's not a roadmap to whether or not that employee is catching on or being a good fit for the job, then then we'll have no way of knowing until somebody is unhappy and they ultimately the the turnover happens, whether it's the people that are stuck with this person that's not great or it's the person who's not feeling like they got trained or they're ineffective and it makes them unhappy as well. So I feel like having benchmarks for training and being able to give feedback to those employees is going to be better for everybody. And that's on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's that's on us for us to develop utilizing the information and feedback from our leadership team, utilizing that information and feedback because they're going to be the ones doing a lot of the training and also the ones who have to deal with the result of either good training or bad training. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who either have to clean up behind the employee or praise them for doing a great job. So you know, we want to keep them involved in it. But in the end, it's going to be us pushing that forward, making sure that that happens and then helping with the implementation. I also think measuring success in a way that is meaningful to our employees where we set, we kind of did a little bit of this in 2019 and 2018. I set goals and we talked about whether or not we re- reached them. Tying some of the pay to that will actually help everybody be rowing the same direction and doing some sort of inspection type things. I feel like I've always kind of have the philosophy that it should be a carrot, not a stick. So I would like to inspect our facilities for a possible bonus for our employees. That's kind of the direction I want to go with that. So we make sure that we have the quality that we've always had as we expand and that we have a way to scale that because once we get all these systems in place, we'll be able to scale towards other facilities so we're not having another 2019 where we run around with our heads severed. And that's that's my <laughs> that's my big hope is I want us to do what we do the best that we can do it. And I feel like that is something that we treaded water this year very, very well in that <laughs> way. We didn't really drop any major balls. But I would say that we didn't really do everything that we do at the highest possible level. And it's because we were too fragmented. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts about preserving, preserving bandwidth. And, you know, if you when you spread yourself too thin, there's a better chance of multiple failures. Mm -hmm. So my hope is that we can truly buckle down and focus on what we do and doing it the best that we can. And that'll be through an annual calendar that we can put together and start plugging in when events happen so we can promote them early enough. 
having a social media calendar so we can remember to remind people to make their reservations for spring break or for graduation weekend, promoting our kids' camps and getting that information out there in January when apparently parents schedule their entire summer of activities for their kids. Um, So we need to do what we do the best we can because then we will also find the room to do more with what we're already doing. Not necessarily building out a whole new facility in 2020 because I don't think either of us are over the PTSD from doing that so, uh, but I mean, never the, say never. We have a moratorium <laughs> for 2020, <laughs> but doing things the best we can. And maybe, maybe that means discovering a new service that we want to offer or a new partnership with an organization that we hadn't thought about before that is mutually beneficial. You know, getting our Annie's at home program fully launched and implemented the way we want it. Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if we could do a brewery inside of our Annie's indoor dog park incubate another woman owned another woman owned business that would be so much fun so there's Mm. some things like that I feel like if you know anyone doing something like that let us know let us know I got super excited actually when we were talking about this earlier and yesterday I I just thought oh my gosh all of these things that are swirling around my head because I'm a creative thinker so for me to get things funneled into a place is is a challenge but all of these things I feel like this year, 2020, we can really, really make all of our businesses shine. Mm -hmm. The things that I want to do, like um, I want to rebrand Cool Beans to match Yellow Dog. I want to add services and uh, more people-oriented things to our Annie's Indoor Dog Park. We need better seating. We need more play toys. The dogs don't care, but the people do. And we need, we need some technical things like sound absorption and things like that that we're working on. So can we talk a little bit about Annie's Indoor Dog Park? Because I think that that is a really good example of something that kind of floated along and got a little suffocated by the fact that we didn't really have the time to puzzle out why it wasn't working properly. It was something park, that park. yeah the dog the the business itself is valuable. Oh, the it's, daycare and boarding is going just fine, and but the nobody going uses just our fine. dog park. And considering that it first landed with a splash and not a thud, mm-hmm. I was a little surprised and perplexed when we kind of had this steady, steady tick up of people coming just for the indoor dog park, and then it tanked. Sort of hard crash. Yeah. I don't think that I've had the opportunity yet to really kind of dive into it and look at those specific numbers, because Mm -hmm. thankfully we did keep numbers on that to really figure out, was it from a lack of promotion? You know, is this a snap decision that someone makes to bring their dog to a place like this? And are we putting too many barriers up to prevent people from doing that? Is it because, like as Sarita mentioned, we know that the dogs don't care about what they play on or around, but people do. And... We're so used to marketing what's great for the dogs. Mm -hmm. And I think that for the indoor dog parks specifically, that was more about marketing why it's great for the people. And so, again, we haven't really had the opportunity yet to dive into that specific service and figure out why it hadn't worked so well, considering, A, it's worked in other cities, Mm -hmm. B, it did kind of land with a splash at first and now see there is now news of a new comer to the market. And so welcome second comer to this, to this yeah, industry. We were first. Um, but there's a lot of excitement about that. And so yeah. I think 2020 having a moratorium on new business acquisitions frees us up and frees up 
your brain in particular, Sarita, to think about <laughs> the ways that we can drive these businesses as far ahead as possible. Because mm-hmm. I think Sarita's brain tends to say, well, how about we, mm-hmm. and my brain tends to then respond, no, just how. <laughs> like, she's like, well, how about we do this? And I'm how how yeah. so that we have a, we have a really good complimentary set like that <laughs> throwing the spaghetti against the wall and and sometimes stuff sticks and i i my personal opinion and and this is where i want to get out of the anecdotal and into the strategic is that our sound level in there is is wacky so we're working on that um and there's not we, we aren't catering to the people like mm-hmm. you said so i think we make those changes and i bet you we see a whole different facility. I think that we concentrate the the time so that we're not having one person here at noon on Tuesday and one person here at eight o'clock on Wednesday, that we get people to come all at the same time and they enjoy that. They we build that community. I think mm-hmm. that's the part we've we've missed is building that community. Annie's Rough House as a entity has a really strong community. I think it just kind of got lost over there. Like people don't really know how to use it. It's almost like in the beginning of Annie's Rough House where I had to teach people to do doggy daycare. We need to teach people how to do indoor dog park. And I think we're going to have to do that by concentrating the people in one place and then making it more fun. I agree. And we didn't have we didn't have the opportunity to nurture that Mm -mm. service the way I think we would have wanted to and been able to do had 2019 gone differently. And that's fine. But 2020, that's the year that we do everything the best we can. And I think all businesses need a 2019 at Mm. some point. I mean, you become stagnant if you don't do the 2019s where where you add things, add services, evaluate what you're doing in different areas. Having this year where we kind of, I don't know, I felt like we just held on to the reins and and (sighs) drug us across the prairie or something. And and we, we survived it. But now we need to figure out how to make these engines really work for us because, in my opinion, I feel like we have four little money-making engines sitting out in the community, and we need to make them all work efficiently. Yeah. And we can. And I, I, I think if 2020 turns out the way we expect it to, that that is what's going to happen. Uh, we're finishing 2019 in this way with a forward view, mm-hmm. you know, making sure we know what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. But looking forward, that's going to be, this is going to be the year. Putting all the systems in place that we did this mm-hmm. year, I would like to thank this podcast for turning us into grownups in terms of business. <laughs> yeah, we have to <laughs> actually sit and think about what we do and why we do it. And I think this podcast has really made us I would more like strategic. to recommend that every business owner start doing a podcast. It's kind of like therapy. <laughs> do it at the third space on <laughs> Campus Corner. Absolutely. <laughs> And I think that these conversations are are valid. And I also want to point out that 2019 wasn't bad. There was nothing wrong with 2019 or 2018. 2018 was a year of growth as well. It's kind of like a little baby building year, getting us ready for what 2019 (laughs) was was going to be. We had no idea. (laughs) Um, And then so 2020, I think that the strategy is to not have another 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the main goal is to kind of circle the wagons, hunker down, and make it the absolute best uh, mm-hmm. Annie's Rough House, Annie's Indoor Dog Park, Yellow Dog Coffee Company, and Cool Beans slash Yellow Dog right. Coffee House. And you know, I think, yeah, Yellow Dog Coffee House. I, I like that. It. I know. Isn't that cool? I think to me, kind of in a very small sense, a situation that was perfectly symbolic of what 2019 
was in terms of how crazy it was is the one year anniversary of Annie's indoor dog park came and went and we didn't say a word. Mm-mm. We didn't have we time. We were too busy. We were yeah. too busy. And that's the thing. We, if we, well, it was also the 10 year anniversary of Annie's Rough House. It also was the 10 year anniversary of Annie's Rough House and we didn't do anything. So that is perfectly symbolic of what 2019 was. It really was just, we had a runaway horse that we were just holding on to and focusing all of our energy on not letting go. Yeah. And we didn't have the opportunity to try and climb back into the saddle. And now we do. So we're going to have the one-year anniversary of our acquisition of Cool Beans. We're going to have the one-year anniversary of Yellow Dog Coffee Company. We are going to have the two-year anniversary of Annie's Indoor Dog Park. And I think we should have the first annual 10th anniversary party of Annie's Rough House. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I think we should celebrate our businesses and create that excitement again in our community because people love our businesses, all of our businesses. Mm-hmm. They really do. And so we have lots of opportunity and we just, we, I think we missed a bunch of opportunities this year because we were just, because we were too busy grabbing onto other opportunities. By, yeah. Uh, but the opportunities to be the best indoor dog park, mm-hmm. be the first indoor dog park. You know, we're obviously the first and now we need to work on making sure that we stay the best yep. and make it the best that we can be. And I think that 2019 really taught us a lot about, us 2018 we were new business partners we're friends Mm -hmm. but we were new business partners 2019 we've done things like combine the accounts combine other businesses really squish everything together and put it all under one umbrella and that tells me that we trust each other and that this year has been especially july whenever the doggy daycare business is the craziest it can possibly be and we took on another business and we're building out the roastery at the same time there was no time to not be able to trust my business partner. Mm-hmm. And we just said, okay, break, let's go. And it wasn't just trust on the like money level or those kind of things, but it was trust on I know that she's doing everything she can do in her power to, you know, her work ethic is off the charts. And I know that if she tells me we need to switch to when I work for a scheduler, that she's done the research. So there's a lot of trust there now. Yep. So I feel like that gives us a lot of freedom to really – explore our world and to make make these changes for 2020. Yeah, 20, 2019, I think maybe a good analogy for it is that we kiln fired our business partnership. Holy hell, yes, we did. Like we, like, I mean, I, I know it's not possible to make unbreakable pottery in a kiln, but if you could, that would be that would be what happened in 2019. It was resin. Yeah, some sort of resin. We're we're, yeah, we're resined, so, glazed, so bulletproof, yeah, whatever. But that's but that's truly what it was. I mean, we we gave each other a lot of grace and a lot of flexibility and recognizing that if Sarita said or I said I need to go home and take a nap. <laughs> that, yeah. that was okay yeah. because we both we each knew how the how hard the other one was working and so being able to give each other the time and the grace to say, yes, yes. you go take you care take of you. Break. I'm going to go take care of this uh-huh. tomorrow. It's probably going to be me napping for two hours Wolf while Sarita Wolf. goes and does whatever it is she's doing. And the recognition that we can't always make every single decision together. And that if one of us feels the need to make a quick decision about something that the other one trusts that. Yeah. And that that's, and that's okay. And maybe, maybe we just, dis- we would disagree a little bit about it, but well, the recognition we can, that we can fail together too. And it's fine to also just disagree. 
But if we have trust in each other's desire to do right by these businesses, we might disagree that the collars are not the ugliest thing in the world and that we can sell them. But you know what? Go ahead. And that my idea for decorating the kiosk at the mall was great. I think I actually had to look you dead in the eye and go, give me this one, Beerman. You did. Yeah. You did. Like you looked at me and you were like, this one's mine. This one's and mine. I was like, I'm taking okay. it. Okay. And okay. She, and and she was like, okay. I remember backwards to 2000, <laughs> 2018. I don't remember what we were disagreeing on. It wasn't anything major like what side the door should be on or something stupid like that. But we both got to a dead standstill. We blinked. There was blinking. I uh-huh. lost that one. Kate won. I remember that. Yeah. I don't remember what the thing was, so it must not have been very important. <laughs> it was not that important. But, but I don't think we had any of those moments where we stared at each other and blinked. No. We just said, okay, you're better at this or I'm better at that. But Let's honestly, I think that, that early one showed both of us that, okay, it's okay, okay. to disagree. It's okay to disagree. Because Absolutely. I know that I walked away from that situation, even though I won I walked away from it still feeling like, okay, if this were the, if this were the other way, I would feel totally okay with how this happened. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. the way it is. And I'm sure it was the dumbest idea on the planet, though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The collars were remember. awesome. The so, collars yeah. were awesome. They sold great. Whatever. <laughs> ugly. So 2020 strategic plan, budget goals, industry standards, aligning brands, yep. getting our people compensated appropriately. Mm-hmm. Looking and- at what we do. Are we doing it the best that we can? Mm-hmm. Should we not be doing it at all? Right. Um, all of these things need to be a part of that conversation. Is there any dead weight that we need to... Dead weight in terms of services, dead weight in terms of payroll, mm-hmm. dead weight in terms of... We're not firing anyone in case any employees are listening. Employees listening, podcast. we you're, are not. You're all yeah. fine. We're just talking theoretically, ideologically, we have to look at everything. It all has to be a part of the equation. Mm-hmm. What's working? What's not? Is it working to the best of its ability? Is it not working because it needs to end? Or is it not working because we haven't been able to give it the time and the attention and the nurturing that it mm-hmm. needs? Is it a bad idea or is it a good idea that just hasn't been fully evolved yet? Okay. But yeah, and then on a personal level, I'm excited about it. I'm super excited. Like, I love the creativity of starting new businesses. So I think that might be why sometimes I take on more and more and more. Mm-hmm. But the idea of being creative within our own, the businesses we already have. That, I was just going to say, I was like, doesn't this also check that box? It does though? check that box. And I didn't think about it that way, I don't think. And so now it's like, oh, I get to step back and be creative right here. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's exciting. Being an entrepreneur is not easy. no. We are not retiring next year and vacationing all the time. You know, that is something that I, I think maybe I'm just more sensitive to it now that I actually fully feel like a business owner and not just like an imposter business owner that just decided she was going to be something. Um, (laughs) But it pricks me anytime someone just kind of throws out there of like, oh, well, you're a business owner. So your perspective is you know, different or warped or not valid, or, you know, I'm not a business owner. So I, I don't know what that means because I have fights with my husband about how much I work. Uh Even when I'm home, I'm working. Uh I'm responding to employee questions, realizing I didn't order something, checking the daily revenue, uh, responding to customer emails or feedback, or I'm always doing something. We have enough money to pay our bills. Mm-hmm. but We're not I wealthy. certainly am not retiring in the next 25 years. Yeah, there's I, a weird fallacy that happens that because we own four businesses that we're, we must be wealthy. Or have tons of time on our and hands. Or Ladies I, and, and, and leisure. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that is very, very, very not true. And so 
if I could survive 2019 physically, mentally, our businesses, my relationship, my position on city council, I survived this year. And if I survived this year, I can do anything. We can do we anything. can, yeah, conquer the world. So yeah, so, look out 2020. Look out 2020. We're, we're coming for you. And um, just keep following us here on roarandpeaceproject.com. You can email us at roarandpeaceproject at gmail.com. And stay tuned next year for uh, bringing in some some guest speakers and some additional voices. We're really interested in in bringing on some of the people who have helped us in 2019 and been integral in our success and also want to elevate some voices that maybe don't get a lot of airtime. Like, what is it like for a business to fail? Mm, yeah. But, you know, I, I want to bring on some new voices. I'm sure y'all are sick and tired of hearing from just us. So, <laughs> nah. <laughs> Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Have a wonderful new year. We will see you in 2020.